This is Matt Hurt at Obsessive Viewer on Twitter. This is Tiny at Obsessive Tiny on Twitter. And this is ObsessiveViewer.com's The Obsessive Viewer Podcast. Hello and welcome to The Obsessive Viewer. We're a weekly movie and TV podcast that covers a specific topic, be it genre, trope, movie, or show, each episode. You can find back episodes at ovpodcast.com, find the blog at obsessiveviewer.com, and you can also like us on Facebook and join the Facebook group at facebook.com slash theobsessiveviewer. And this is actually a special episode of the podcast, so we'll get into here in a second. But uh, at the uh, at the start, I just want to mention one uh, couple things. <laughs> Uh, I'll be at Indiana Comic Con on October 15th hosting a panel uh, about hosting a solo podcast. Um, that'll be Saturday, October 15th at 6.30 p.m. here in Indianapolis. So if you're going to be at Indiana Comic Con, come see me either make a giant ass of myself or uh, or see me adequately host, host a panel by myself about solo podcasts. You'll be fine. I'm sure I will. I just need to actually plan everything please do um, yeah and uh once again our episodes episode sponsor this week is horror movie yearbook a great podcast discussing horror movies of a particular year each episode and contextualizing them into uh the year in pop culture and current events that they were released in you can find that at hm yearbook on twitter and at horrormovieyearbook.com and thank you to horror movie yearbook and the midwest podcast network for sponsoring this week's episode and uh yeah tiny how's it going wonderful wonderful great we we are joined in studio by several guests we are it's a little overwhelming it is yeah yeah um invading your home yes it is <laughs> my cat is going crazy sort of i don't know she didn't She's, know this many people existed i don't think. I, I don't think she did i keep her <laughs> i keep it very very uh clear that you know i'm the only person in the world <laughs> um <laughs> Anyway, uh, so yeah, this is a, this is a special episode of the podcast. We have on the creators of By the Rights, the movie pitching party game that, uh, that we've been talking about for several weeks. Um, and we also have returning guest Tony Troxel from Indiana Geeking. And, uh, why don't you guys say hi? Well, they, they've all heard me before. So let's, let's <laughs> let, uh, Tommy and Chad talk. Okay. Gotcha. <laughs> uh, I'm Tommy Day, um, the, one of the creators of By the Rights. My name's Chad Eden, also one of the creators of By the Rights. Glad to be here. Yes. Yeah, thank you guys for coming. And uh I like I've told the story before, but I'm I was really excited because we were we were guests on Tony's podcast and then like the next day after it was released, I, Tommy, you uh followed me and you uh on Twitter and I just kind of like checked it and I saw like, oh, creator of By the Rights or uh, I was just like, What is that? <laughs> and like it was actually like payday, so I was like, hey, you know what? Pre order it. That sounds awesome. Mission accomplished. And, uh, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> so uh now we have it and what we're going to do is we're gonna we're gonna talk about the game and, and get some uh Get some good hard hitting questions out there for you. And then we're going to play some rounds of it, uh, here on the podcast. So it's going to, it's a bit of an unconventional episode for us, but I am super excited about it. Sounds good. Yeah. All right. And, uh, yeah. So why don't you guys tell us, uh, how you got started? What, what, uh, the genesis of By the Rights? Okay. Um, I wish I had a better story to remember how I created it, but it kind of just like the core concept just came to me one day. Like we would get together a lot, like, um, Chad and his wife Michelle and me and my wife Riley, we would play Cards Against Humanity and like party games and something just clicked and I was just, I kind of just in my mind broke down a movie into four cards and, and I thought like, well, if you did that and then you mixed them around, 
it'd be kind of funny. So like, I was like, surely somebody's done that though. And I kind of just forgot about it. And I think me and Chad had lunch one day and we're talking about just random stuff. And I mentioned it to him. And then a little bit later, we October, 2015. Yeah. So it kind of just like set in a notebook for a while. And then I think, uh, the f- a few months later or something, we kind of got together with like, I think 20 cards from each deck, uh, on like index cards, just some basic ideas. And, um, at that point we really weren't even like pitching and we were just kind of like laying the movies down and found out it was like actually really pretty funny. And, um, so we just kind of like realized, Hmm, this might be something we should develop, you know? Yeah. Nice. Great. And you guys are both here local in Indianapolis, mm-hmm. of course. Yep. So yeah. this is, it's awesome because we're big fans of, you know, locally produced mm-hmm. everything yeah. <laughs> really mm-hmm. like we do Sharktober and Irvington and everything that's for local filmmakers. So it's really nice yeah. to, you know, have this, have this cool party game mm-hmm. kind of come out of Indianapolis. Yeah. Um, yeah. So what were some of the kind of trials and tribulations with actually making the game? It's been a long, a long journey. If you, if yeah. you would have backed us on Kickstarter, you, um, like our Kickstarter, we had one failed Kickstarter. Uh, oh, really? The summer of, was that 2015? Yeah. So in April 2015, we were playing it on index cards. And then in June, we were like, let's try this on Kickstarter. Like it kind of <laughs> happened really fast. Nice. Uh, it was a really rough shape and like mm. we didn't really have, you know, as much knowledge about Kickstarter. Uh, you, you really, yeah, when you plan a Kickstarter, you want to try to plan it like a month-long event where you have right. kind of different things going on throughout the month, different promotional events or things to kind of like continue the interest and mm-hmm. sustain it for that long. And the first time around, we didn't really. And I think in my mind, I was thinking like, you know, I'm a huge reader of movie blogs and podcasts. Mm-hmm. And I thought like, you know, oh, this is going to get picked up by all these sites and it's, they're going to spread it around. And then like, you know, we'll at least get enough backers to get funded. And then found out how hard it was to promote yourself and like emailing people and be like, Hey, check out this thing I'm doing, especially when it's a Kickstarter and it's Mm -hmm. not like buy it now and try it. It's like, give me your money and trust that we're going to do this, you know? So we learned the lesson the hard way. And then we kind of took the rest of the summer and, um, kind of reworked the game a little bit. And then, um, in the meantime, we had entered it in, this, there's this festival in Boston called the Boston Festival of Indie Games. Oh, okay. And um, they, like you, I can't remember how many entered, but then they pick so many as a finalist and you send a prototype and then they picked like 50. Yeah, they've kind um, of just started getting a little bigger. That 2016 was the first year that they had accepted submissions outside of the New England area. Oh, wow. Um, nice. So we were, we were excited to get yeah, so chosen. We got chosen to, for that and that was in September and at that point, we, you know, weren't as excited about it because we'd had that failed Kickstarter. And then, mm-hmm. like, we went to this event where we played the game with, like, hundreds of people for this one day wow. for, like, 12 hours. And, like, then this was still when it looked really rough, like, different mm-hmm. art. And people were asking us if they could buy copies. And, like, wow, you know, so it was just kind of this, like, huge jolt. Like, we need to, like, try this again. Nice. And, um, so then we did our Kickstarter that actually worked in, um, from November to December of 2015. And, um, still looked rough, but it was like, you know, better, you know, more well thought out. And, um, the campaign was much better. Yeah. We, we worked a lot harder during that month. Like we were doing events, like at least once a week, sometimes multiple times a week. And, um, and so we were able to get funded with that. Um, but then we kind of went through all these things where we realized we wanted to make some changes after the Kickstarter. (laughs) 
And, <laughs> you know, we've been really lucky that we've had an awesome group of backers that, yeah. you know, like, I think they realized this was our first time and yeah. also that the changes were really good. Like, um, we switched manufacturers at the last minute, which added okay. like some extra months on. And then, um, but that enabled us to go ahead and do the expansion pack that we mm-hmm. wanted to do, but didn't think we'd be able to. And to bring on Justin Gammon as mm-hmm. our, uh, artist. So we had kind of had this plan of like designer, graphic designer. And yeah. He, he was very talented. I mean, we kind of had this like phase one, phase two plan. We were like, well, someday we'll get it redesigned and make it look better. And like, gotcha. we realized like, well, that's silly. Like, you know, we could get stuck with all these games that don't look great and not sell them. And there's never going to be a phase two. And so, and we really didn't want our backers to get like an inferior. Yeah, exactly. Like, right. Get right. To get the version. prototype version until we were able to afford a better. So sure. yeah, I'd been following this artist on, you know, online for years. And, um, for a long time he blogged, uh, about like, bootleg toys at uh, weirdotoys.com and so oh, nice. he's like amazing illustrator he does a lot of stuff like for Denny's um, mm-hmm. and so I contacted him and um, he was able to kind of use our existing art as like kind of almost conceptual design okay. and then he just like took it to another level and made it look super legit so that plus at the, awesome. in this, at the same time we were rewriting the game yeah, mm-hmm. sort of while that was <laughs> we are going through the redesign we actually ended up uh you know, because some of the cards we had sort of written originally, like originally when we, as we had played the game, we played it a little more like a straightforward party game where you just kind mm-hmm. of laid the cards out. And eventually we started realizing the core engagement of it was really when you started elaborating on the pitches and sort of really trying to sell it to somebody and, and telling a story with it. So after the Kickstarter and while it was kind of in the redesign, we sort of realized we needed to tailor the game a little bit more towards that storytelling aspect and making sure all the different cards fit fit together well to bring the humor more out of the player rather than just Mm -hmm. like we really, um, we'd get together and some days we'd, we'd just like talk for like 12 hours on a weekend, like, and we'd go through all these cards and we'd be like, you know, well, how does this one card really, how would, would this one card really affect the story if somebody was pitching it? And, tried to like eliminate as many like you know throwaway cards as possible mm-hmm. um and write a lot of new plots and so we, it, we ended up rewriting like 50 percent of our cards i think mm-hmm. oh wow after the kickstarter yeah so <laughs> we had a lot of ones that we just ended up scrapping and, and so over this past summer we finally were able to submit it to the manufacturer but then unfortunately the manufacturer had a ton of delays and like cost uh-huh. us like months and we weren't able to like sell on amazon over christmas oh wow um but it finally arrived and now it's so, here. Yeah. yeah. We're just in the process of finishing fulfilling to the backers. Mm-hmm. So nice. I was wondering how painstaking the cards were because the the game features four hundred and forty eight cards and I was did you guys like personally come up with the text and the words on every card pretty much? Mm-hmm. We had a couple people that contributed a few cards. Okay. And then you know, we this had been a thing that we'd been talking about to friends and family for so long that Every once in a while, like a you know cousin would be like, "Hey, you should do this," and we right. work it into something. I bet that got annoying after a while. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> we need to get some good cards. Uh, yeah, because I, I think it was a was it a twelve year old cousin of yours? That, My niece uh, came up with niece, yeah. pole dancing as a descriptor. <laughs> <laughs> kind of that's um, awesome. Oh, that's perfect. Yeah, the genre <laughs> deck was actually the hardest because you know obviously there's not a hundred genres, and so. Right. We had to kind of use like a loose definition of that, you know, and I think the 
extra words that we picked, you know, that aren't genres worked out for, you know, like direct to video, which mm-hmm. funny enough, we found out recently that young people like millennials younger than us don't really understand the concept. Yeah. Oh boy. Direct to video. Like, oh, that's Well, awesome. there used to be movie stores. And so, <laughs> right. So, so, so that's kind of funny, though. Why, you're Sometimes really, if a Disney sequel wasn't quite up to snuff. <laughs> right. they, uh, <laughs> and now there's all this like direct to Netflix stuff that's really mm-hmm. good and so it's really hard to like make yeah. a comparison. Oh um, man. Yeah, just the just the sheer breadth of cards available. Like mm-hmm. I mean there there's so many different options there that it's mm-hmm. it's really it's really uh commendable and re- really uh Thank you. Awesome. Yeah. Um yeah, so you guys are on. It is on Amazon now, so you yeah, guys can yeah. buy it on Amazon, and uh, it's and also uh, if you're local, it's also at the Game Preserve in Greenwood. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, thanks to Tony and working <laughs> oh, nice. on uh, a few more places. So sweet, cool, nice. Yeah, that is. Uh, and there is an '80s extension pack. Yeah. Uh, do you want to talk about that a little bit? Sure. Uh, it, it was one of the stretch goals for our Kickstarter where we wanted to do this. We knew we wanted to do an expansion because we think that's obviously a big thing we could do in the future. And um, we had just randomly, we wanted to do a smaller one and we thought of that one day. And um, so we just ended up coming up with the yeah, few 80s action mm-hmm. uh, movie. Kind of just like slightly more over the top, you know. Yeah. Um, and so that was something, a stretch goal we didn't hit, but we went ahead and produced it anyway. And Sweet. Nice. Do you have so it? that's one thing I'm really happy we were, allowed, mm-hmm. we were able to do. You know, we, <laughs> the Kickstarter went on way past when we projected it would uh, get delivered, but we were able to deliver on a stretch goal that we didn't nice. actually meet, which yeah. doesn't happen with a lot of Kickstarters. So. That's wow. fantastic. <laughs> oh, yeah. And uh, that that expansion pack is available on uh, or at... Game Preserve. Is it available mm-hmm. on Amazon? Yeah. Also, nice. Nice. Um, Cheaper at the Game Preserve, though. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> nice. <laughs> always, if, if you have the chance, always go mm-hmm. local and, and yeah, buy there. Um, yeah, and do you have any other, like, expansion packs in the works? I know that it's, you know, Yeah, we want to do another um, campaign maybe for a few, nice. like, you know, maybe three to four expansions. Like, Sweet. we like kind of the duality of having, like, 100 card expansions and then the little packs of, like, mm-hmm. 30. And so we've got quite a few ideas. We're trying to think of the timing. like, Yeah, we're working on timing and figuring out exactly how we want to divvy up the expansions because we, we have a lot of ideas. Mm-hmm. That's where I think it, the game's going to get a lot of fun mm-hmm. is when you start getting a little more niche into like, mm-hmm. you know, sci- the sci-fi expansion or the fantasy expansion. Yeah. Oh, start perfect. mixing that in with the main game. And then, you know, with the 30-card expansions, you can get even more specific yeah. and... And nice. nerdy, so. Like with the core game, we had to really vet each card, like mm-hmm. you know, extreme vetting. No. Uh, <laughs> we had to like, you know, we didn't want to get too nerdy or too into one particular genre, and so like, but with the expansions, you know, we can go crazy. And then mm-hmm. I've always told people, I think the funnest thing is going to be like when you've got a fantasy expansion, and you know, you just mix the cards in with the game, yeah. and yeah. suddenly you can like make a story about like goblins helping Santa save Christmas or something. <laughs> So that's what I'm looking forward to. That's great. And like, actually, I think an expansion that people wouldn't think would be fun that may end up being the most fun is romantic comedy. Because, you know, people say they don't like them, but then it's like, well, you can make your own and you can Mm -hmm. mix it with the horror expansion. Yeah. yeah. Putting romantic comedy situations into other genres tends to create a lot of That's the best part. We we did a test round Mm -hmm. a couple weeks ago and I had a 
teen vampire romance <laughs> where she had to go back in time to prevent Hitler, I think. Uh, yeah. And it yeah. didn't work. It didn't work out. I mean, so <laughs> my pitch wasn't very good, but it was hilarious. Uh, I had a courtroom drama about a, a, a hungover superhero uh, <laughs> fighting in uh, uh, in. In a uh, turf war with a mm. with a gang, uh, yeah, <laughs> that was that was pretty fun. <laughs> nice. Yeah. I think one of my favorite parts of the game is that, like, well, you know, like we're not just trying to do grossed out humor or like yeah. be offensive. We're like every time you play, usually once or twice, everybody's just collectively like, well, that sounds like an awesome movie. Like, I want to see <laughs> right. that. Or, yeah, you know, just like ran and like we've played yeah. a million times and still haven't heard, you know anywhere close to all the combinations and so right it's like because of the uh absurdity of like coming up with this kind of mix match of tropes and stuff it Mm -hmm. tends to skew towards humor but some of the best pitches we get are just like whoa i really want to see that movie (laughs) (laughs) this is not even a joke (laughs) oh yeah um so where where can people find more information about buy the rights online and Um, everywhere we can check our website buy the rights game.com um all of our social links are different because <laughs> by the rights was taken everywhere almost. Mm-hmm. Uh, Instagram, we're just by the rights. Uh, Twitter, I think by the rights with underscores between each word. Uh, we're on Facebook. Uh, but if you go to the website, you can link everywhere from there. Mm-hmm. Nice. And you can find us on Amazon. Yeah. Okay. Absolutely. Nice. And links to all that will be in the mm-hmm. show notes of this episode, of course. And, uh, and why don't you kind of give us a rundown? Because we're going we're gonna to play a few rounds mm-hmm. here. Uh, give us a rundown of, of the rules of the, of okay. the game. It's super easy. Um, yeah, I'm not a big rules. I kind of like gloss over when people try to explain games to me. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, the, you know, you've got four decks that make up your movie, um, in order and they're numbered, you know, to make it easy that you've got the genre, the descriptor, which describes the hero. So you could have like a homeless superhero and then the plot. Um, and you get two cards from each deck and each round one player is the producer and everybody else are the screenwriters. Mm-hmm. Yep. And, uh, you know, the screenwriters are all uh, using cards in their hand to sort of form, like, the log line. Mm-hmm. Um, <clears throat> so the example, like, we have in our box is an action comedy about a kung fu fighting cat lady becoming a bounty hunter to pay off student loans. <laughs> so then that's the pitch that you would <laughs> so elaborate great. on. To, oh, that's uh, so great. Sort of sell it to the producer, and then the producer has a budget each round of $20 million that they can divide up in denominations of 5 million, 10 million, 20. So they can sort of distribute it however mm-hmm. they want to buy the rights to the pitches mm-hmm. that and that's impress kind them of the most. One of the things that sets it apart a little bit from other party games is it's not just all or nothing on one player each round. Right. So, you know, you're consistently second place. You might end up winning. And so mm-hmm. kind of like that. But Yeah. Just cool. uh, nice. you play, uh, you know, it's a party game, so people can kind of play however long they want. We say general good rule of thumb is once everybody's been uh, producer twice and then you count up your money and whoever has the most at the end wins cool nice well that sounds it sounds like it's going to be going to be fun <laughs> all right uh should we go uh i can i can be the producer first and we yeah. can go counterclockwise if that works sure yeah. awesome as you the cards are are numbered one through four to tell you what order they read in as far as what makes the most you know a you know, blank movie about mm-hmm. blank, blank, blank. But uh, you can reveal the cards in whatever order you like. So sometimes the plot twist is like, oh, it's a horror instead of romantic comedy. Oh, nice. You can uh, sort of play with how you pitch it. Yeah, the fact that it's numbered really 
helps because mm-hmm. you know the, there's like a cadence to how you would describe everything mm-hmm. and like the way if you if you do it out of order it doesn't make sense so that's yeah. I like how it's numbered I'm not too smart so <laughs> <laughs> don't underestimate yourself tiny okay thank you <laughs> I appreciate that so we're going counterclockwise I mean I'm up first um you gonna make me go first that would be no Counterclockwise would be. Oh, it would be Tony first. Right? Yeah. I told you I'm not smart. (laughs) I told you. (laughs) This way would be clockwise. That would be. Okay, yeah. Yeah. So Tony has to go first. (laughs) (laughs) Tony doesn't have a microphone. (laughs) It can be loud, but that's going to be really lousy audio quality. (laughs) All right, so we ready? Yes, we've. Everyone good? Everyone's got their cards? Yep. Yep. All right. Well, I almost miss having three just because I, <laughs> I like that extra little bit. Um, which, by the way, I was, I did some of the game testing when they oh, were nice. out, like Heroes Emporium and stuff, um, mm-hmm. when they were pitching for their second, uh, Kickstarter. Nice. Oh, yeah. Tony was a big advocate for us. <laughs> yeah. Sweet. So, which, by the way, not he for nothing, that Comic Carnival. Events. Um, I was told to have you contact Comic Carnival too, but <laughs> nice. <laughs> nice. Um, you can cut that. Leave it in. It's your show. It's like the it's like the business segment of the show, right? <laughs> we've, ne- we've never had one, so thank you. <laughs> Little peek behind the scenes. Yeah. Right? So okay, so here's what we got. We're looking at a buddy comedy, okay. That the main star of it is a super-powered gynecologist. (laughs) (laughs) And this this gynecologist ended up with superpowers. And they were using them to become a bounty hunter to pay off their student loans. Because (laughs) becoming a gynecologist, that ain't cheap. (laughs) Okay? I'm guessing it's rated R. That, that's probably a safe assumption. No, we're, we're going to go PG-13 for the wide theatrical release, and then we're going to do the director's cut, um, yeah, special unrated. edition, yeah. unrated. So nice. nice. you got to get the most bang for the buck there. No pun intended. Nice. Mike. Nice. <laughs> All right. So... Going back to the romantic comedy thing. This is a romantic comedy. Okay. Uh, could you, sorry, could you put sorry, your, yeah. yeah, You're good. It's a romantic comedy, and it's about a socially awkward basement dweller. And uh, <laughs> this is a, a girl, I think, um, what's her name? Kimmy Schmidt. Um, <laughs> nice. Ellie Kemper. Ellie Kemper. Kemper. Oh, yeah, Kemper. Ellie Kemper yeah. um, she lives in her grandma's basement, and she's just kind of like, you know, she works at Dairy Queen, and she hasn't done anything with her life. <laughs> sure. Um Somehow she's like taking a walk through the park one day and, and it's about her finding Excalibur and going on a quest to find the legendary wizard Merlin and it kind of <laughs> changes her life and when she finds Merlin, she falls in love with him and that's the romantic comedy aspect of it. Nice. nice. That sounds sweet. <laughs> <laughs> Very nice. All right, so uh, I've got something, uh, a little something for the kids. It's computer animated movie. Okay. And, uh, but it's got a little bit of a, I'm going to say like a little bit of a Studio Ghibli vibe. I think this, that, that's kind of nice. Um, find a good, like, director who's a big <clears throat> Miyazaki fan. But, um, mm-hmm. it's about a three foot tall professor. <laughs> and, uh, this, uh, professor who's a little person, uh, he, he's, 
really wrapped up in his academic studies, but the, they're just not paying the bills. And he's got to find something that uh, is going to is going to put food on the table. And so he decides the gimmick he's going to go with is he's going to build a bed and breakfast on an old graveyard. <laughs> and uh, this the bed and breakfast is he's going to sell it as a haunted bed and breakfast where the ghosts, uh, you know take care of the hotel and, and make all the food and everything and he's gonna have little like because he's a little person little secret compartments and doors he comes out of where he like is cooking the food and like, making the beds and stuff so that nobody sees him actually in there and uh he's gonna create the illusion that uh ghosts are serving his guests nice. so we're looking at a dead and breakfast oh, oh. we got puns <laughs> Sweet. That's I think when one heard yours there, listeners, but that was a mic drop by Tony. Yeah. <laughs> nice. Mics are expensive. You do not drop the mics. Please don't. Oh, that's great. <laughs> okay. Uh, so I have a uh, I have a movie. It's a tearjerker, and it's about a depressing rocket scientist. Um, I picture I picture him being played by Woody Harrelson. Okay. So the reason he's depressing is because he's an older guy. And he is a rocket scientist who's never accomplished anything. He's never built a rocket. Um, <laughs> and uh, it's a tearjerker because right when he is on the precipice of his greatest discovery, uh, he goes to celebrate by going to a carnival and he's turned into a teenager overnight because of a wishing machine. Uh, so it's it's kind of like Big with Tom Hanks where he has to – it's a tearjerker because he has to try to find a way to become his adult self again, ironically, because he's oh, depressed about great. how old he is. Or a better rocket scientist. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But, so. but yeah. He he becomes like this he could become like this genius whiz kid whiz kid. Yes, that's true. This kid who knows all this rocket science, but then he's depressed because he he's only famous for knowing it. So right. Now, even though he's really nice. an adult man. All of his research is locked up and they won't let him get, have access to it because he's, he's 16 <laughs> instead of 55. Yeah, that's what it is. <laughs> his name's Kevin. I don't know why, but his name's Kevin. <laughs> because why not? Yes. <laughs> oh, these these are some good pitches. Good yeah. pitches. Um, and since we have four and they're in denominations of five, I'm going to just add 10 to my... To my budget, so I'm gonna have thirty million. Sure. Okay. Yeah. Do thirty million budget. Around. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Uh, let's see. So I think I'm gonna give. Uh, I think I'm gonna do ten ten million to Dead and Breakfast. <laughs> um, nice. <laughs> Props to Tony for the name on that one. Right. <laughs> and let's see. I'm gonna do. I I like the gynecology angle, but I'm still just gonna give you five for that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> let's see. Um, oh, let's see. I think I'll give ten to Tommy for what was what was the uh, what was the de- descriptor for that one? Uh, basement dwelling. Basement dwelling. That's right. Yes. <laughs> or no, no, that was basement dweller was the hero. Dweller. Socially awkward. Yeah. Basement. <laughs> okay. Matt loves Ellie Kemper. Yeah, I love Ellie Kemper, <laughs> yeah. and uh, I feel like I would identify with that character yeah. quite a bit. I'm going to chalk that up to pandering. Yeah. <laughs> on, uh, on his part. I was going to say pr- pro Completely. tip is we, yeah. <laughs> good casting will get you a long way. Right. Exactly. In a lot of and tiny, you get five million. Okay, and, I'll take uh, it. Yeah, 
Let's uh, hopefully you can work within within a budget there. Yeah, Woody Harrelson's um, expensive. He he is he is. <laughs> so yeah. Cool. Uh, After each round, everybody just re-ups and gets one more from each deck. Gotcha. Okay. okay. Did you drop the die aspect in this round and holding on to that maybe for a yeah, later we, version? At one point, we had kind of uh, come up with some house rules and. Well, we do have that mm-hmm. in in the rules of the game as an alternate rule, but we in the prototype version of the game we had a custom die yeah. that we had uh, used and that was going to be a potential extra stretch, stretch goal, goal yeah. for the Kickstarter but I mean we didn't have enough uh, money to do a custom die but we have uh, alternate rules in the rule book for mm-hmm. using just a regular six sided die and it, it just kind of like added different like if one of them was blockbuster round where the budget was bigger one of them was um, hero showdown where everybody or like genre showdown where everybody used the same genre. Um, I can't even remember what the and other And there was uh, a blockbuster round that doubles the producer's budget for that round, and then uh, producer kickback, where the producer just gets $5 million oh, yeah. budget for that. And that was uh, sort of... I think we the alternate rules say each person can do that once when they're producer per game. Well, you see, I'm a lot like Tommy, where it's like, rules, okay, yeah, I, I've, I've played this before. I know what's going on. Obviously, I don't. <laughs> Sneaky hobbitses. <laughs> I used to be able to do that impression so much better when I smoked like half a pack a day. <laughs> I'm just going to warn everybody right now to... Uh you got to bring your A game because this one's pretty awesome. I got I got a really good one too. So, I've uh, I've got a pretty good one, good one too. <laughs> I was a little uh, wasn't sure which plot I should go with, but I think I think I picked the right one. Well, remember if it has to do with a young Han Solo, you're not really catching me at this point. So. Right. <laughs> and you'll notice that some of our plot cards sound familiar. It's, it's funny we've had some people say like like we. We're trying to do that and be sneaky and and get real movie plots in there, but that's kind of the joke, you know. Right. Like mixing up, you know, just a few of them are like real movies, and mixing them up is kind of the. It's a little, yeah. I mean, it's a it's a mild, but it's a little bit of a subtle satire on Hollywood and kind of the way movies actually get made, right? Get written because, I mean, even even some of our favorites, you know, I mean, Indiana Jones was just like a mix of Steven Spielberg's and George Lucas's favorite movies, you know. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah! Didn't we at uh, the Hoosier Con Thanksgiving that one year? Didn't one of us actually come up with a legitimate movie plot? Probably using yeah, the cards. Yeah! Wow, <laughs> that's awesome. Oh, that's great. We used to have. A, I don't know if we still have it or not. We might have taken it out. We had basically the plot of Bill and Ted, the first movie. <laughs> nice. I think that was one that people would like make by accident. Somewhere. That's great. Yeah. Oh, that's great. Okay, and let's see. Do we want to start with Tommy? And go sure. counterclockwise yep. here. Wow, me, Tommy. Yeah, I, I should have put that <laughs> pressure on myself. Uh, so this is direct-to-video, like I was talking about earlier. If you're young, uh, we, we explained it earlier. But uh, so this is something that never came to the theaters, but you'd get it at Blockbuster. Um, and What's this Blockbuster? Was, <laughs> <laughs> this is uh, actually like an educational direct-to-video. Okay. Um, okay. And it's about a, uh, a homeless grandma, and uh, you know she's kind of fallen on hard times, and uh, she kind of gets into drugs. And this is made in the '90s, you know. And so, 
Um, I don't know who it would have been. I guess Betty White was still kind of an old lady in the 90s. So. Yeah. <laughs> um, but it was probably somebody like, you know, less famous from some random, you know, like one of like the least famous Golden Girls or something. Nice. Sure. Um, but it's about a homeless grandma getting a lesson about drug abuse from an eclectic group of 80s cartoon characters. <laughs> so I was oh, mistaken. Man. This is an 80s movie. And uh, so, you know, it's like just a really random group of 80s cartoon characters, kind of like she hallucinates and they kind of help her kick the drug problem. And it was uh, produced by Ronald Reagan. <laughs> <laughs> nice. That's so sad. Oh, man. <laughs> Wow. This plot card is actually nice. based on one of my favorite things in the world. If you haven't seen it, <laughs> go on YouTube and look up Cartoon All-Stars to the Rescue. Thank me later. Okay. Nice. <laughs> nice. Remember, I'm old. That actually rings a bell with me. <laughs> <laughs> That's great. <sighs> Good old Nancy Reagan. <laughs> All right. Well, um, Mr. Uh, producer, as... As you know, uh, gritty reboots are all the rage in Hollywood these days. <laughs> and so uh, we're taking a, a time-honored classic uh, film property and uh, we're taking it into a darker uh, territory and we're, we're making it relevant to the modern audience. And what uh, it's going to be about this elite operative who's hunting down an elusive hacker and uh, the... They're actually, it's about someone who's hunting down the people that uh, hacked the 2016 elections, the, the oh, Russian hackers. Uh -huh. It's about the <laughs> special team sent in to do that. But uh, the twist is uh, the person that they've sent to do that is they've sent uh, Airbud from the future, <laughs> a golden retriever, <laughs> back in time. traveling oh Airbud. <laughs> He's come from the future, and he's come to save American democracy for, oh. for everybody. Oh, man. Wow. Oh, that sounds huge. <laughs> <laughs> That's great. Oh, this sounds like the sort of film that only the best brain can come up with. Yeah. <laughs> That's great. I'm sorry, guys. Too soon. <laughs> the sad thing is that does not seem like it's out of the realm of possibility. Yeah. In this reality sounds like a fake movie. <laughs> That's awesome. Oh, that is that is terrific. Wow, those are those are hard to follow, but I'm I'm gonna do my best here. So, I have uh, I have an animated musical here. Um, it's for the kids, not not really. Uh, the musical stars a pretentious archaeologist. His name is Arizona Miller, uh, and he has to negotiate a tense hostage situation. So, because of his pretentiousness, his right-hand man goes off the rails and takes hostages at his latest archaeological dig. And through the art of song, he has to negotiate the hostage situa situation. The resounding song, or the key song that makes up the whole thing, is called I Can Dig It. <laughs> it's about because he can understand why the guy is so upset. He's like, I can dig it. And that's the, that's the chorus of the song. Uh, the title of the movie is Arizona Miller and the Pit of Pretentiousness. <laughs> this is definitely a DreamWorks feature. Yeah. It's DreamWorks, yeah. It's produced by Steven Spielberg. Yeah. Nice. First eyebrow on the poster now. Yep, yep. 
the right hand guy who goes nuts is probably played by Gary Oldman because I'm a big fan of his. Um, I don't know who the archaeologist would be. Hmm, Shia LaBeouf. Oh yeah, you almost had me. Yeah, I almost had you. Dang it, you almost had me. Uh, well, he did okay. such a great job in Kingdom of the Crystal Skull. Exactly. <laughs> he was supposed to take up the mantle of Indiana right. Jones. So that's why I... Yeah, <laughs> so there you go. Well, you know, he, he was also in Holes. He was. That's, that's right. Oh, very good. Dang, you're on it tonight, <laughs> producer. I'm not pandering right now. <laughs> yes. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> oh, wow. Okay. Has, <laughs> has anybody put together a montage? Because it's something I've noticed, but I've never seen the, of all the DreamWorks movie posters with yeah, the raised eyebrows. Oh, really? <laughs> yeah. That'd be awesome. Now I can't unsee that. I, yeah. I don't think I've ever noticed Every that. single, yeah, there's always at least one character with the, the raised wow. eyebrow. I was, I was trying to do it, but I can't. It's an audio podcast. <laughs> Let's all pretend that I raised my eyebrow. Okay. Two great comedians. That is, that is some mad eyebrow raising skills there, Mr. Hurt. Thank I'm scared. Yeah, you look just like a DreamWorks poster. <laughs> That's all I ever wanted to hear. <laughs> All right, so let's see. So my my pitch it's uh it's an action comedy, um about a foreign exchange student. Now this foreign exchange student he is from let's say Germany, um, and uh, <laughs> yeah yeah let's say Germany. And uh, the thing is he's he's middle aged, so he hasn't like he missed out on his on his collegiate experience and and decided that he wanted to finally come to the U.S. and he wanted to study abroad. And so he's a foreign exchange student from Germany in the U.S. Um, and he's just kind of sowing his wild oats and everything until the day that he unintentionally bought, bought a magic ring at a mysterious antique shop. Ooh. And this, uh, this changed his life because he, uh, you know, there's, there's a, there's, there's kind of a cultural divide between, you know, the U S and, and, and his culture and everything. Let's say he's in New York city and it's this magic ring kind of turns him into just a complete a-hole to people. And it's to the point where he doesn't realize that he is being an a-hole to, to everyone. Um, and, uh, and, uh, the redemption thing is that he, that he eventually realizes that he's being an a-hole and everything. But, um, the title of the movie is that he is the, uh, you can imagine it like on the poster saying, uh, actor, oh, oh man, what was his name? Uh, uh, Keir O'Donnell. Is that his name? <laughs> yeah. 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 Uh, is the Uber brat. <laughs> an Uber okay. brat. Yeah. Nice. I I've guess. said this That's... before, but get out. <laughs> cause he's, cause he's an Uber brat uh anyway so yeah that's my pitch <laughs> so well these these were all really good pitches with sad grandma scene uh hallucinating cartoon characters <laughs> and the golden retriever and just lost me a shia labeouf man don't that, we can <laughs> recast we can recast <laughs> and and the uber bra <laughs> but I, i'm gonna have to go all in on the dog that is going to help prevent the rise of the alt right uh, to keep from becoming 
Airbud. <laughs> yes. I wish I could disagree with that. I can't disagree with that. that was so that brilliant. Was brilliant. Yeah. <laughs> it makes me think of something I thought the other day, or the day of the inauguration. I was like, well, this proves that time travel doesn't exist. Yeah. Right. Nice. <laughs> have, you, have, you, have you considered, have you seen the theory online that this is what happens when you have so many time travelers coming back to try to fix something? This is what happens. Oh. The timeline. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, and just think, all the time travelers that could be what made it the highest attended uh, inauguration in history. (laughs) They were all just invisible. (laughs) I I mean, I know you're watching. Who this is? This is a fixed point. This is what happens when you try messing with the fixed point in the time. Exactly. Yeah. So, but moving on, I will pass the microphone over to Tommy, who will be the producer on this round. Speaking of uh, the president, we were kind of realized after we made all these cards after Trump rose to power, that there were all these cards that we didn't realize ended up like you can make all these movies about Trump. Like we've got narcissistic and like uh, uh, former president is one of our heroes. And well, that, we, hopefully we, that we, one will be true before too long. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Reality TV star, billionaire, stuff like that. <laughs> but there are also a lot of really cool Obama movies you can make now that he's a former president. Yeah. Just remake bad boys starring Obama. <laughs> <laughs> but just like he's just the Will Smith part and you just still have Martin Lawrence as yeah. the other guy. <laughs> yeah. Whatever happened to Martin Lawrence? Does he still do stuff? Oh, that's a good question. I don't think so really. Yeah, they were supposed to come out with Bad Boys 3, but they keep pushing it back. I don't know why. <laughs> <laughs> he went into in retirement kind of like Eddie Murphy. Hmm. All right, I, I suppose uh, I'll go first. Mm-hmm. <laughs> All right, so um, for uh, this movie, Mr. Producer, we're taking the uh, gangster genre of movies and we're doing a parody of it. It's a it's a parody film, um, so it's a little subversive. So, you, so it stars you know your typical kind of macho mob boss, but uh, he's he's a modern. Uh, my boss for the hipster age, and he's <laughs> vegan actually. <laughs> and uh, so it's a vegan mob boss, and uh, his uh, it's it's sort of like a gangster, like Godfather meets Clerks. Okay, like uh, it's 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 a lot of just kind of back and forth, like pop culture banter between the mob boss mm. and his lackeys, and they're they're like kind of like giving him shit for being a vegan. <laughs> And so he makes this bet with them that he can live on the streets for a month just eating out of dumpsters to prove that, that, you know, he's also foraging. Yeah, he's becoming a vegan like forager, proving that he can do this and survive all the rival gangsters that are going to try to take him out living on the streets. Wow. Nice. Did you envision as the mobster? Um,. I was thinking uh the somebody kind of like like maybe like a Robert Downey Jr. or mm-hmm. someone someone that's like a little bit kind of sophisticated, mm-hmm. uh, witty and funny and I can see that. For a second I thought you said Airbud. I was like, "Wait, what?" <laughs> <laughs> I was thinking Airbud. Yeah. <laughs> we're, we're taking Airbud to a whole new direction. A vegan Jets gold retriever. <laughs> we're starting a whole Airbud cinematic universe. <laughs> 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 ABC, oh <my> God. ABC. 
<laughs> I, I don't want to admit how badly I want to see that. <laughs> oh, my God. You just need to take all the oh. existing Air Bud movies, cut them together, and add like a Samuel Jackson. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> just add stingers to the end of the Air Bud movies with Sam Jackson teasing the new, new ones coming. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> We're getting a basketball team together. (laughs) (laughs) Dear God, that's great. That's beautiful. Wow. Again, I'm not sure I'm going to follow that. Um, (laughs) So this is a holiday party or a holiday movie. Um, And it's uh, it stars an alcoholic tattoo artist. Um, Yeah. Um, And so. He he has his tattoo shop kind of in like the the inner city area, kind of in the in the hood, if you will. Mm-hmm. Um, and he's not considered very cool by the local kids or the local cool group or whatever because he's an alcoholic tattoo artist and he messes up all of his tattoos. So he's not cool because he's constantly like falling asleep when he's trying to do a tattoo or he's you know passing out or something like that. Um, but he decides uh to take up a class to focus him to get over his alcoholism so he uh takes up a breakdancing class and he finally connects with uh the group of kids uh through a breakdancing competition um and he does it on christmas day uh so that's what makes it a holiday, a holiday movie oh man um, i'm not sure who would play him i'm going to say joseph gordon levitt Okay. Um, because he, I think he could play uh, an alcoholic tattoo artist really well. I don't he can know. Play anything. He could play anything. Yeah. <laughs> um. Yeah. Sounds like something my mom would watch on the Hallmark Channel. <laughs> nice. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Oh yeah, she definitely would. Nice. It's called uh, Christmas Boogaloo. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Yep. Oh yeah. Okay. Okay. Um. So, so the hero of this movie that I'm about to pitch is an unhinged mommy blogger. (laughs) (laughs) She is, she is, uh, the movie starts with her being, you know, she's very, she's very much into this whole mommy blogging thing. She's blogging about being a mother, parenthood, everything, documenting her kids lives and everything. Then she finds out that her young, uh, her young, her young child is the victim of, of bullies at school. And this sends her over the edge. And, uh, she decides to, to, uh, get back at the bullies by winning the local Battle of the Bands competition. <laughs> because the head of the bully is, the head of the bullies gang is in a, is in a punk band. Um, but the thing is that she is so unhinged. By by the torment that her that her child has suffered at the hands of this bully, that she can only only see the bullies and the bullies band as these monstrous creatures, making this a creature feature, mm. um, where the unhinged mommy blo- mommy blogger wins the battle of the bands competition. That's deep, man. Yes, yeah. oh yes, it's a uh, it's a very psychological um, um, experience for her and. Uh, yeah, I'm trying to think of a title, but it's it's escaping me here. Um, control alt defeat. I I don't know because they're in a battle of the bands and she's defeating them. Um, 
yeah, that so that that's my pitch. She's uh yeah. All right. <clears throat> let's see. Let's see. I've had I've had some time to think about this. So let's see if I can okay. pitch it the way I envision it. Okay. <laughs> So now, bear in mind, you know, like most people in Hollywood who are pitching films, they haven't seen any of the films that they are that they're mm-hmm. leading up to the sequel that they're pitching. <laughs> okay, and this is going to be the same way here. Okay, en- envision a shot zooming in on a Verizon store inside a mall, and there's just a, an iPhone Seven there that'll just flicker on and off with like a face, just this ghostly face on it. The scene fades out, goes back in the next day. It's bright. It's sunny. Kevin James goes rolling by on a Segway. (laughs) Okay. He goes. He stops in. Is looking at phones at the Verizon store. Fade into the next night. People, kids are walking out to the car. Group of teenagers. You see something flash in front of the camera. You hear a scream. It goes to black. Comes back during the day. Kevin James is playing with his new phone. And it starts ringing. And he starts hearing screams. And it fades out. Somehow in here, we're, we're still, we're still, we're still um, workshopping this. He's now psychic. <laughs> okay? So what we got here, we're, we're, we're working on a horror film. Uh, Paul Bart. Final Blood. And it's uh, going to be a horror film where a psychic mall cop discovers that their cell phone lets him talk to ghosts. Okay. Oh, that is nice. That's okay, beautiful. so we're, we're, we're going to take the mall cop series into a completely new direction. <laughs> and w- we think this is just going to be huge. I really like the implied crossover with Rainbow. It's like, John Rambo might get the first blood, but Paul Blart gets the final blood. <laughs> <laughs> you got all kinds of product placement, too. Like oh, Verizon, yeah. iPhone, Segway. Mm-hmm. Clever. Cinnabon. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Undoubtedly. I thought for a second you were going to have the unnecessary sequel genre card. <laughs> <laughs> that's great. Oh, that's terrific. I could see Paul Blart being the Samuel Jackson in the Air Buds cinematic universe. <laughs> oh, yeah. That'd be fitting. Oh, that would be great. And you see, I probably could have fleshed that out more had I actually ever seen one of those films. Oh. I've seen the first one. It's, it's yeah. Of course you have, Matt. Yep, yep. And this is before you had the whole movie pass thing. <laughs> yeah. Oh, I saw it. I saw it on... I don't know how I saw it. I rented it. I didn't. I did not see it in the theater. Sure, you didn't, Matt. He didn't see it in the theater three times. <laughs> right. <laughs> I don't have the Segway right, tattooed so on that my That gets ten. Woo-hoo. That should fund like five more Paul Blart movies. Yes. <laughs> uh, we got to go with the Christmas break dancing. Too. Awesome. Nice. Thank you. All right, gentlemen, get ready to wow me. All right. Okay. You up first, Tiny? All right. So this is uh, this is a movie. It's a a psychedelic movie, um, and it involves our uh, our hero, who is a narcoleptic reality TV star, uh, traveling across the country to compete in a video game tournament. <laughs> so um, 
it's uh, it's kind of psychedelic and like uh, I think like Fear and Loathing in Las Vegas kind of feel. Um, and so the guy became a reality TV star because of his narcolepsy. Everybody thought it was hilarious that he kept falling asleep all the time on Big Brother. And so he uh, lost his fame because his narcolepsy was cured. But the narcolepsy was uh, cured with uh, medication that had negative psychedelic effects on him. So while he's traveling across the country to compete in this video game tournament to regain his honor... Uh, he kind of ends up all over the place uh, because he's so whacked out from the drugs. Um, the title is Fear and Loathing in Des Moines. <laughs> Des Moines is where the tournament is. Uh, yeah. Uh, and it stars Johnny Depp, of course. Yeah. Of course. I like it. Mm-hmm. Okay. <clears throat> so the hero at the center of this movie is a vampire. But he's not any just normal vampire. Let's imagine this in a uh, kind of a kind of a world where we're okay with vampires. They're they're they've been around. We're we're good. Think like kind of the a more progressive like True Blood yeah. style place where people vampires are just everyday thing. Um, this is a political thriller in which he is the the vampire is uh, desperately trying to conceal the fact that he is a cross dresser. <laughs> Um, cross-dressing vampire. Yes. All right. Because he has won a contest that lets him become president for a day. Um, so the, they're okay with the vampire. Yeah, not they're okay, okay with, with the vampire, but you know, you know the you know the southern states are a little. They're a little. They're a little weird. Like they're they're fine with the vampires because they had True Blood and that was set in like uh, like uh, Louisiana. But, you know, it's cross-dressing. <laughs> they're, they're just not too keen on. Um, so he spends his day. It's a full 24 hours. Um, um, he, he, he spends it trying to keep away the press from, from seeing that uh, he is a cross-dressing vampire because it would, it would, you know, ruin his, uh, his legacy as a president. And <laughs> you can pick one, <laughs> but you can't be both. <laughs> right, right. And uh, the kicker is that he actually ends up having a higher uh, approval rating than, than Trump. <laughs> nice. <laughs> yeah. And that's, that's, that's mine. Uh, president Count... Um, <laughs> Uh, uh, Count uh, Thong. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Count Thong. Count, Count President, Thong. I think, is a good Count, Count Pre- President. Yeah. yeah, there we go. Because <laughs> account, is it Count Royalty? I don't know. So, I'm just thinking of Count Dracula. I know, yeah, but yeah. I wonder, is that a title of royalty? Oh, yeah, I'm sure it is. I think so, yeah. I think it is. The Count of Monty. So does the royalty... If I watched one more season of Downton Abbey, I'd <laughs> Yeah, exactly. <laughs> if I'd watched any seasons of Downton Abbey... <laughs> But okay, it's uh, let, let's see what I can uh, scrape together here. <laughs> so, um, what we've got, we're taking a, a long-running series. We're gonna we're gonna bring it back a little bit. We're gonna try to. We need to do a sequel. It's not really necessary. You see what happens. You see what happens when you start saying things, Tommy. <laughs> it's not really necessary, but we want to try to get at least one more sequel out of this. So this time, instead of going off the vampires, we're going to be looking at the lichens. We're going to be looking at the werewolves. Mm-hmm. We're going to have a kung fu fighting werewolf. <laughs> oh, that's awesome. Okay. But he, this is going back. He, he's, he's still, he's still, he's not, not quite a pup, but you know, he's, he's a young werewolf and he's at camp and there's a, 
kind of a rival camp kind of across across the lake you know how that goes that's the vampire camp and they're 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 the werewolf uh, camp okay. Okay. and okay. so what's what's happening is over the course of the film this werewolf is trying to win the heart of his vampire crush <laughs> so it's he's trying trying to important. win the heart of the crush on the last day of their summer camp it's uh the most recent um entry into the one underworld film series okay. i was wondering if you're gonna go t- underworld World or twilight, twilight. Yeah. yeah no no twilight uh, we're going to uh, underworld camp akuna lefty so that's really unnecessary because yeah they said this didn't they say this last one was going to be the last underworld it, it, if i had watched any of the previous underworld yeah. films i would be able to tell you this but <laughs> like it like a good hollywood pitch man I have never seen an underworld film in my life. <laughs> of course. <laughs> I'm just going off of the vague knowledge that involves werewolves and vampires. High school and... summer camp, underworld. Yeah. yeah. We got it. So I like it. I liken it. All right. We've got something uh, different here. This is a movie about an illiterate rabbi. <laughs> and he's kind of. Uh, Obviously, you know, just conned his way through, uh, you know, rabbi school. Um, he did uh, the thing where he like just memorized it, listens yeah. to people reading the Torah, and just memorizes yep, exactly. it, and can actually read it. Mm-hmm. And uh, but he finally realizes, you know, that he needs to learn to read, and um, so he goes about it in a weird way. He got, he's kind of afraid to talk about it, so he gets uh, a group of his closest friends together. And it's about him renting a cabin in the woods with a group of friends on Halloween, which is supposed to be this like let you know teach me to read retreat weekend. <laughs> but um, that's where the genre comes into play, and it's actually a supernatural horror movie. And uh, he's got this like ancient like Torah that's kind of haunted, and as he's learning to read, uh, the kind of these like spirits are kind of coming to life and and haunting him. Oh, for- Oh, wow. It's like a Jewish parody of Evil Dead. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, it's supposed to be a Torah retreat. Oh. <laughs> it's oh, called man. The Heaven in the Woods. It's <laughs> terrible. Oh, that is... <laughs> I'm the least anti-Semitic person uh, you've ever met. Oh my god! <laughs> oh my gosh! Oh, I hate right. that that was an actual quote. Yep, <laughs> yeah, it was. Oh, he said we were distributing thirty this game, right? Oh, I did twenty. I did twenty. Oh well, let's keep it at twenty. Matches treated as special because it's his show. Yeah, <laughs> can't tell him no. No, you can't. <laughs> I definitely gotta give ten for the Sweet. haunted Torah retreat. Totally. Um, I think. Uh, well, I know I'm gonna make money with uh, teen vampires and werewolves, so I'm totally. definitely gonna get five for that. And then uh, I want to see uh, Johnny Depp in this video game movie. I think you got nice. a good cross section nice. audiences there. Awesome. Nice. See where that goes. Let me hear it. I don't got all day. <laughs> 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 all right so let's see i <laughs> let me see what what best way to uh to pitch this okay so this is a movie about a, a child star um he's he rose to fame he's he's just a, a preteen he rose to fame uh making 
the latest uh, remakes of the Home Alone series. It's been a huge hit, and uh, and he's he's just the star, the it guy now. So he is uh, he is kind of you know he's 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 getting pushed into into doing drugs as as a young child star. So uh, his. Uh, okay. Yeah. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so he's being pushed into doing drugs and, uh, he suddenly finds out that he is, uh, the only person who's able to try to blow up an asteroid that's on a collision course with earth. <laughs> um, and so, so he is basically, he's, um, basically the president has, has assigned him this job because he's seen the movies and he sees how handy he is with traps and everything. He thinks he, they can kind of mousetrap their way out of this, uh, collision course, this asteroid scenario. But the problem is that this child actor, he has been, he's been on drugs and everything. So all of his gadgets aren't working cause he's hallucinating the entire time. And, uh, it gets so bad that it actually turns it into a 2D animated movie. And, uh, <laughs> so he, he's just whacked out of his mind. Um, and, uh, all of his plans are failing. And, uh, let's, let's, I mean, he, he obviously has to, has to, you know, survive and win and everything. Um, but his career just goes down the toilet. Um, it's dark, yeah. man. It is. It is. So it, it, it transitions from live action to, Yes, it From, would. Uh, nice. Let's like, let's go ahead and yeah. If you're friend Roger Rabbit, sure. Yeah, I like it. Okay. <laughs> yeah, I thought that's what you were saying. No, no, no. Well, I mean, yeah, that's kind of what I was getting at. Okay. But yeah, it uh, it does it does transition into it. Nice. Um, and we're kind of left. It kind of leaves off in kind of a Nolan esque ending where we're not quite sure if there was really an asteroid or not, or uh-huh. if he was just tripping balls <laughs> <laughs> that haven't descended yet. Right. Right. Because he's. Right. Pretty- <laughs> it's ridiculous. Because <laughs> he's a kid. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's ridiculous. Oh, oh, um, yeah, yep. Nice. I I don't have a title, but but yeah, I, I'm. I think that the big selling point for it uh, would be would be the ending and us not knowing what uh, what what's to come. Okay, I like yeah. it, Tony. All right, so we're we're gonna bring it down. Unfortunately, I didn't get the documentary card here, <laughs> okay. so can't completely pander. To you. <laughs> it's gonna hurt you. Um, so, what we're, we're we're looking at trying to do a more more serious, more art house sort of flick. Okay. Okay. We're gonna we're gonna bring in your favorite actor. We're gonna bring in Shia LaBeouf. Okay. Okay. What's gonna happen? He's gonna be p- playing a pool boy. This pool by- boy is blind. No, this isn't Deuce Bigelow. Right? Deuce Bigelow type film. Okay. We're we're going we're going artsy. We're going we're going. Okay. Like that. Okay. As he's making his way through life, he adopts a stray cat <laughs> that turns out to be possessed by the spirit of Richard Nixon. <laughs> okay. And so you know uh, what kind of advice this cat is giving this <laughs> man. Oh my And so God. it's it's we're they were gonna we're working title we're working with right now is Fluffy Dick. This is still being workshopped, but that—that's what Uh, we're looking at here. He gives him advice to record everything because he's blind, so he has to rely on his hearing for. I like it. Nice. Oh my god! (laughs) (laughs) I thought I had a good one. (laughs) 
Uh-huh. All right. Well, growing up, I was a big fan of the Ernest movies and kind of secretly still am. Um, and so this is uh, kind of an Ernest movie that never got made that uh, I think would have been awesome. This is kind of his in the later years when they weren't as successful and they were kind of starting to get a little more weird. And um, so they had to start pandering to the kids to try to, you know, get them to buy the VHS tapes. <laughs> um, so this is a slapstick comedy about a redneck stand-up comedian, uh, <laughs> Ernest, and it's about him getting sucked into a video game where he has to beat every level in order to return home. <laughs> and so this was oh, like, awesome. you know, I don't know, 1997 or something, so it was probably like the Sega era, Super <laughs> Nintendo. So um, it's one of those kind of like uh, platformer games, and he's it's just like horrible, and he's like, you know... That's basically just Ernest on it in a platformer video game for two hours. Nice. I'm sure there's a perfect title. I can't think of it. Ernest goes. Ernest played stupid. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So. Nice. Nice. I loved Ernest too. Yeah. All right. So, uh, mine. It's a. Uh, it's going to be a cult classic remake. So okay. this is a, we, we, we made a very low-budget version of it, did the festival circuit. It's gotten some momentum. We're going to try to do a Hollywood version of it. Okay. Uh, and we've got uh, Billy Bob Thornton attached. He's going to play uh, the, a retired lounge singer. So he's been a lounge singer for a long time. He's... Uh, been broke for a long time, kind of, uh, kind of, uh, at a, his rock bottom moment a little bit. He's, he's an alcoholic. He, you know, okay. he's at, he's, he's bad Santa, Billy Bob Thornton. Basically. Okay. <laughs> and, um, <clears throat> he, uh, enter, answers this, uh, and he decided he's going to give up his dream of becoming a big time singer. He answers this strange ad he finds in a newspaper that says uh, must be able to sing, must be able to speak German, which he does during <laughs> class, okay. and must be willing to permanently relocate. He's like, well, I've got nothing to lose. Fine. Okay. And it says to show up at this strange address and he, he goes and he finds himself in this weird basement with all these wires and computers and electrical equipment going around and uh, it turns out that uh, he's he's found uh, some guys who managed to harness uh, <clears throat> quantum energy and found this way to transport somebody back in time to a certain <laughs> time and location, but they can't take anything with them and they can't come back. Okay. They show up okay. naked. And uh, they're recruiting someone to go back in time and kill Hitler. <laughs> <laughs> wow. But uh, they've, they've, they've tried it a few times and no one's come back. It's a one-way shot. Yeah. And you, you basically, uh, it's basically a suicide mission. So yes. he goes in, but the, the goal is they're able to send him back to this time where he's able to impersonate a famous lounge singer, a German lounge singer. Okay. So he's got to become this big lounge singer and get close to Hitler be able to perform for Hitler to kill him. Nice. Nice. I like the well, idea of like 
this team sending people back and not knowing if it was successful. Or not. <laughs> <laughs> just like refreshing. They're just sending people who got nothing. <laughs> like, like, refreshing well, Wikipedia. Really? Yeah, exactly. Like, <laughs> when did he die? They've, yeah, they've got like a, a wall of heroes that's just like homeless people yeah. that they took out the <laughs> like sent back in time. That's and, great. <laughs> oh, man. And he's, you know, obviously he's going to oh, get into great. some drunken shenanigans in Germany. Gotcha. It's a very dark comedy. Nice. Oh, that's great. Coen Brothers directed it, I think. Oh, yeah. Yeah. You could call it... Bad Santa meets and glorious bastards. Yeah. (laughs) You could call it uh, Singen the Deutsch. (laughs) (laughs) Nice. Okay, so I get 20 million here. Uh, yeah, it's one. Let's see. Um, Ernest goes 8 bit. Would have been. Oh, Ernest oh, goes 8 bit. That's man. perfect. That's great. Okay. Oh, man. Um, <laughs> I got to go all in on Fluffy Dick, which is, <laughs> which, is, which is a sentence that none of you can ever tell to my fiance. <laughs> you are so going to be editing that. <laughs> that's going to be on the internet now. Yeah, that, that, that can is. be taken out of context. Anyway, I chose finally. that sentence. Specifically, so for that reason, because uh, somebody had to say it. Almost four years of podcasting, I finally have the dirt on you to blackmail you to do whatever I want. Oh, I'm an adult man. Oh, awesome. oh that is so great. Oh, I'm going to isolate that audio and put it on Instagram. Yes, that should be on our next banner for oh, the yes. convention. Like, that's awesome. On fluffy dick. Oh, that is beautiful. The obsessive viewer podcast. <laughs> we go all in on fluffy dick. <laughs> oh my god. Oh my god. That's awesome. You guys oh. find a whole new niche audience. Oh, yeah, yeah. Good <laughs> yeah, oh, we're gonna that's get, beautiful. We're gonna get an odd spike in downloads <laughs> right. from that from those keywords. <laughs> the Google searches. <laughs> we're gonna pop up in next week. Oh man. Oh, that's fantastic. So clearly this game is ridiculously fun. Oh yeah. That oh, was yeah. that was really good. I really like enjoyed oh, that. Man. I've got twenty million. I've got oh. nothing. <laughs> I got thirty. I have twenty as well. I have thirty. Thirty? Uh I got forty. Uh, nice. That looks like Tony's <laughs> our winner. Very nice. Fluffy Dick puts you over the top. <laughs> And what do I win? <laughs> nothing. <laughs> Absolutely nothing. Bragging rights. You're, Bragging the, rights. you're the king of Hollywood, Tony. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, uh, I remember like a couple years ago, we, I don't know where the idea came from, but we kind of played a game where it was like a fake movie title. Yeah, it was for our 100th episode. Was it? We okay. did a fake movie game where we mm-hmm. basically took uh, fake movie titles and pitched a plot oh, yeah. around them yeah yeah. <laughs> yeah yeah i remember the one one of the best ones that matt came up with was uh the title was perforated justice <laughs> and oh, so yeah. i came up with the plot that it was a um it was a uh a detective who was really famous but only because every single murder he had to solve was super easy <laughs> because it's perforated <laughs> justice uh and and of course the plot or the oh, conflict so arose great. when he had a a crime to solve that was actually really mm-hmm. difficult. It was like a, a solid like whodunit. That's oh, awesome. That's, yeah. Oh yeah. There, there's a, a board game a- actually out there that's uh, that's got a similar style to this called uh, I think it's called Channel A, but it's about um, pitching anime movie or TV. anime TV shows based on the titles. Nice. So the huh. cards provide the title. So it'll be like you know. 
you you'll get various pieces of anime tropes so you might make a title that's like mecha xxx metal angels or something and okay. you like pitch what that anime show okay is. that'd be challenging uh, <laughs> so you guys have taken uh by the rights to different conventions and stuff yeah um this summer will be our first time at Gen Con, which we're really excited about. Awesome, nice. dude. Really competitive mm. to get in there, and we didn't really, you know, from what we'd heard, we didn't think we were going to get a booth. And so, yeah, they had like 200 people on their wait list last yeah. year, didn't they say? And they took, they took, they were supposed to let us know middle of December, and they took extra time going through all the submissions they got mm. this year till. So we'll be in like Entrepreneurs nice Alley for like kind of all first time people. Uh, gotcha. oh, so we're really excited about that, and um, we'll probably be at. The Hoosier Con uh, mm-hmm. on the west side, mm-hmm. and when is that? You know, in a couple weeks. Couple uh, weeks. March thirty first, April first, mm-hmm. and second. Yeah, okay. we're nice. shooting for uh, having a booth at Indie Pop Con. Nice. Um, so, yeah. man, Gen Con—that's like the Super Bowl. Yeah, of yeah. gaming—that's awesome. That's man. Huge. That's great. That is fantastic. So I've never been. So my first time will be. Yeah, being exhibitor. Oh, yeah. <laughs> well, I can tell you, as someone who has humble brag, uh, covered Gen Con as a member of the press for the last <laughs> few years, including the 50th uh, anniversary this year. Um, Entrepreneur Alley is kind of the smaller area away from everyone else, but a lot of folks do a focus to go there because they've seen the same stuff year in and year out from Fantasy Flight, from, you know, just all the, from, yeah. I keep saying TSR. God, I'm old. Wizards and Hasbro and just all those different companies. They like going through yeah. um, Entrepreneurs Alley. So you guys, that's cool. Yeah, let's. We'll talk more when we podcast. Later. Yeah, I feel like you got to look at that. There's, there's always those hot games people know they're gonna be waiting at the doors to go get. Like yeah. this year was the. Uh, uh, Harry Potter game, Battle at yeah. Hogwarts, lots of people lining mm-hmm. up to go for that one. But we're hoping then once you get the new game, people want to go and check out. Piggyback the off that. Little stuff they haven't yeah. Yeah. You know, seen. Awesome. We do that kind of thing every year. We do. Popcorn. Yeah. <laughs> uh, hunting down celebrities and saying, hey, record with me. And they say <laughs> no. And we say, but please. <laughs> so you, you, know, you push them until they can't say no. <laughs> do that. It's worked for us. Yeah. <laughs> you know, true story. I actually let Casper v- Van Dien say no and rolled with it oh, because really? they were, it was right after um, some guys played Cards Against Humanity with them on the podcast stage. Mm-hmm. They used my Cards Against Humanity deck that oh. had the personalized Tony Troxel card in it. Nice. <laughs> and he got it, and there there is audio out there of him going. Who's Tony? <laughs> How could he not know? And so I went. I went over and I introduced myself. And it's like, do do you have time for a few questions? And he just kind of got this look because it was Sunday afternoon yeah. at yeah. the con. Yeah. And he's like, he's like, well, I go, dude, if you're exhausted, just say you're exhausted. Yeah. Okay, I'm a blogger. It's not that big of a deal. <laughs> right. And he just gets this relax. He just. Kind of just collapses. He's thank you. <laughs> it's like, dude, don't worry about it. You're cool. <laughs> that's oh, awesome. That's great. So it's okay to let them say no, Tiny. Okay. 
I'm don't sure intimidate the celebrities. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Remember, they have they're used to having stunt people to take punches for yeah. them. Yeah. Well, the first like cele- well celebrity that I really talked to ever at a con was Christian Nairn from Game mm-hmm. of Thrones. Uh, nice. And like I'm a pretty big guy, but he's like six inches taller than me, yeah. and massive. So I was like super intimidated. <laughs> so if I can overcome that, yeah. You know. <laughs> And I talked to Esme Bianca, so yeah, that was nice. that was definitely definitely nice. Yeah, I remember that. <laughs> I do too. I, I have that on film somewhere. Conventions, but <laughs> when I was like sixteen, I think is when the Star Wars celebration was in Indianapolis the first time. Oh, nice! And I convinced my dad to take me, and like I'd never been to anything like that, so we didn't stand in line to meet anybody, but we just kind of like walked around and like saw Billy D. Williams go to the bathroom and like <laughs> so and great. And, like, cool. <laughs> nice. Oh, that's awesome. Well, this was a blast, guys. Thank you guys yeah. so much yeah. for coming on. So, and uh, Thanks for having us. Yeah. And uh, congratulations on the game. Uh, Thank you. Once again, tell tell everyone where they can find it. And, yeah. uh, uh, BuyTheRightsGame.com. Uh, if you search for Buy the Rights on Amazon, you'll, you can find it. Um, we're on Twitter. And and uh, I'm on Twitter, Tommy underscore Day. Um, tweet about yeah. random stuff. <laughs> I, I'm still... I, I don't tweet a lot, but I, I lurk a lot on Twitter. <laughs> but I'm nice. at the Phil Chad. Uh, if you nice. if you want to find me as well, uh, cool. Great. I'll be your friend. <laughs> Perfect. And uh, Tony, do you want to tell where they can find you? I was just say at this point, I think uh, you know because I've been on one, so we're, we're not we're not talking ficus level or anything like that. Right. Yeah. But. Um, yeah, so uh, you can find me uh, geekinginindiana.com, at Indiana Geeking on the tweeters. Um, look up Geeking in Indiana on the Facebook, but I swear if you like my page and if you're not part of the Obsessive Viewer fan group, you are yes. failing in social media. Yes, I, uh, mm-hmm. I'm so glad you said it and not and not. You me. can quote me on that if you would like to <laughs> separate that audio and use it anywhere. <laughs> I am Tony Troxel. I approve this message. If you follow the Geeking in Indiana Facebook page and you are not part of the obsessive viewer fan group. You are failing at social media. So says the second best Twitter account in Indianapolis is voted by readers of Nouveau Magazine in 2015 and 2016. Mic drop. Nice. Nice. Thank you so much for that. Uh, In the finished thing, there's going to be so many references to Fluffy Dick in that, though. So just just be aware of that. Uh, all right. Well, thanks again for uh, coming on, guys. And uh, <laughs> it's gonna be. I'm all in for fluffy dick. I'm Tony Troxel. I approve this message. <laughs> yes. I'm Tony Troxel, and I'm all in for fluffy dick. Right. <laughs> Is it weird that I'm jealous that he gets it now? Yeah. <laughs> oh, your day will come. Your day will come. You can find Tony at fluffy dick on Twitter. <laughs> <laughs> Oh my god. All right. Uh so yeah, uh once again thank you guys for coming on and uh thank you. come check them out at uh, Gen Con and yeah. potentially Indie PopCon. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and we also should... at uh HoosierCon. Yeah. yeah. HoosierCon. Well, we might have an event going on around Indiana Comic Con. We got we're Sweet. a little late to get a, a table there, but We should be having a hosted game night at Game Preserve sometime in the future too. Sweet. Yeah, follow them on social media to keep up to date with that. Absolutely. And you're not actually going to find me as Fluffy Dick on Twitter because that belongs to a Cody Boone out of uh, Michigan. <laughs> but feel free to follow. He's he's only he's following five people. He has no followers. So <laughs> When the sequel no comes followers. out, right. the sequel comes out, Fluffy Dick Two. Right. There you go. You could be real Fluffy oh, Dick. Well. <laughs> oh God! All right, let's. All right, let's let's wrap this. Up. <laughs>
Uh, if you like what you heard and you want to help support the podcast, the easiest way to do that, guys, is to go over to iTunes and leave a rating and review. Uh, the more ratings and reviews we get, the easier it will be for people to find the show in iTunes' search results. And if you want to show your support with your wallet, you can do that by clicking the Donate button on ObsessiveViewer.com for a one-time donation or by clicking the Donate link in the show notes of this episode. You can also become a patron at Patreon.com slash ObsessiveViewer where you can choose from uh, several different reward tiers that I just recently updated. So uh, go check that out. Any and all donations made will help pay the fees to keep the podcast running so we can continue to provide you with our weekly podcast here. And uh, once again, thanks, guys, for coming on to play By the Rights. And uh, thank you for making By the Rights because it's such a blast. Yeah, and uh, and yeah, and uh, once again, everyone, go buy it on Amazon or at uh, Game Preserve here in Indianapolis and soon everywhere. Oh, you can also play it at uh, Kingmakers. Definitely go check that oh, place yeah. out. Oh, uh, nice. New Mass board out. game. Sweet. Uh, board game bar just opened up on Mass Ave. You can go have beer wine and play a board game. You can play by the rights there. That's awesome. awesome. Cool. Yeah. Sweet. All right. Well, thanks again, guys, and uh, and we'll see you next time. Thanks, thanks guys. Right. Thanks. I am Tony Troxel. I approve this message. If you follow the Geeking in Indiana Facebook page, I am all in for Fluffy Dick. <laughs> Thank you for listening to The Obsessive Viewer, presented by ObsessiveViewer.com. You can find more of our episodes at ovpodcast.com, and you can subscribe to the show on iTunes, Stitcher, or your preferred podcast app. The Obsessive Viewer's theme song is An Eclipse of Events and is provided by Loudlike from their EP, Mistakes We Must Make. You can find that and more great music from them on iTunes and like their Facebook page at facebook.com slash loudlikemusic. Any and all feedback on the podcast is encouraged. You can email the hosts individually at Matt, Tiny, or Mike at ObsessiveViewer.com or send an email to the podcast in general at podcast at ObsessiveViewer.com. Check out the Obsessive Viewer blog at ObsessiveViewer.com where we post movie and TV reviews and the occasional editorial about the business of entertainment. You can also like us on Facebook at Facebook.com slash The Obsessive Viewer and follow us on Twitter at Obsessive Viewer, at Obsessive Tiny, and at I am Mike White. If you want more obsessive content in your life, check out our sister site, ObsessiveBookNerd.com, for book reviews, author spotlights, and a general celebration of reading. Finally, if you're philosophically curious, check out Tiny's side project podcast, The Secular Perspective, which explores the concepts of faith, religion, and existence from the perspective of secular hosts. You can find that at thesecularperspective.com and subscribe to the podcast on the podcatcher of your choice. Again, thank you so much for listening. We love you. Be excellent to each other. <laughs>